Welcome in to another episode here of Home Field Advantage. We're also crossed over with Filling Up. My name is Will Highland. Hope you all have a great week or weekend. This is our annual NFL playoff preview show along with our co-hosts and Sportland USA senior contributors Cam Chiesa and Kyle Diesel. Kyle's also the host of Filling Up with Kyle Diesel. If you're listening, crossover on that program. As I said, I hope you're all having a great start to your weekend. I do want to apologize in advance for the poor audio quality. When we went and recorded this on Saturday morning, I did have a backup source. It turned out I needed that backup source as I ran into some technical difficulties. So, as we were taught in the Boy Scouts, it's always good to have a backup. So, without further ado, here is our conversation previewing all of this week's NFL games and eventually who our Super Bowl picks are. So, we hope you enjoy this one. And one more thing before I do let you go. You might have heard us mention the YouTube stream. That also ran into some technical difficulties. So there is no YouTube stream as well. Um, Just us on audio, chilling out with all of you. So I hope you enjoy it. All right, and welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and no, I'm not talking about Christmas time. From Parts Unknown, we have Kyle Diesel with a beanie and a mirror in the background chilling. He's ready to talk some NFL football this Saturday morning. And then from elsewhere in the Green Mountain State, uh, joining the weekend at Bernie's, we have... Cam Kesa, also from Parts Unknown, with his Springfield Cosmos hat on, covering the hat hair. And then myself, Will Highland, from our main studio here in Lisbon, Maine. I'm joining the program as well, also covering up the hat hair if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on audio afterward, you're missing about half the fun, but that's okay. We love you. Anyway, guys, how are, you, how are we doing this morning? We're awake. We're, We're awake. Ready. Play Perfect. football. Yeah, I know. I, I like it. It's a change it's a change for us. You know, most of you guys probably listen days after, but, you know, I, we usually go at 6.30, right, Kyle? 6.30, 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. But now, I mean, now we wake up, you know, wake up with a cup of joe and... Um, and some burning opinions. Yeah, burning, well. burning thoughts. And, um, you know, I've got all kinds of notes here. Um much like the present, I got them all from my garage. I got all kinds of documents all over the, all over my table with all my notes figured out. Uh, they were under lock and key all week, but yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, Kyle, um, we did want to talk about how neither one of our teams, the Patriots nor the Rams, made the playoffs. Um, you know, today is the first day of Wild Card Weekend, first day of the NFL postseason. So. Our Patriots didn't make it in, but neither did your Rams, so we'll get to the Pats in a second. But why do you think the Rams ultimately fell short of not only 
repeating as Super Bowl champs, but also just not making it to the dance in the first place. I mean, I think the key thing is that injuries plagued them a lot, especially since week one. I think week one they had at least five injuries, three to their starting offensive line, which is not a great start to your season. Uh, and then losing Matt Stafford halfway through the season didn't help, but mostly didn't have an offensive line that stayed healthy. I think they went down to like practice squad players at halfway through the season. So definitely that was the biggest part. But also there was a lack of communication and trust between the players, between McVay and, for example, Cam Akers. There was no teamwork chemistry going there. And later on in the season, they finally worked things out with a little too late. Um, and then the offense didn't look the same as when they had Odell, for example. Ed Robinson didn't be like OBJ like he was supposed to be. Um, but I think that's just a learning curve. One year in, he's not the same player as OBJ, but we got to find a trick weaknesses. But I think injuries what really killed us this year. But also finding a better offensive coordinator, I think, this year will help. I think we need to change things up with the team we have. Yeah, I, I I don't know. From afar, I seemed like it seemed like the Rams. Not only were they were just banged up all year. I mean, you, Matt Stafford, uh, just not playing the full year after you know being a Super Bowl MVP is a huge, um, you know, huge setback. It seemed like they were never consistent, even when they did have a full roster of skilled players. Um, simply as you pointed out, because of their offensive line. And there were a couple of games where you would have expected the Rams to show fight. Um, and they either just sort of let the game get away from them or they uh, choked, I'd say. Um, probably their best showing of the year was on Christmas Day uh, against Denver. Um, but beyond that, I can't point to a game all year where the Rams looked like the Rams we saw in the Super Bowl. Um, which which sucks because I mean that that's a that would have been an exciting team to be talking about today, right? Can they repeat? They've got all the tools. They got a great coach who actually just, oh, I think he informed the team. And Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think he informed the team yesterday that he plans to coach next year. Correct. Yeah. So we get we get um, another year of Sean McVay coaching. But he's no stranger to the playoffs. I think this is the first time they haven't made the playoffs since he's been the coach. Is that right, too? That is correct. And it's also the first time he's had a losing record in his, I think, six, seven-year career. Yeah. So it's it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I think for the Rams, they had huge expectations after last year. Um, they had huge expectations going into last year. I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year, and they did. Um I, I just think that was a nice little pat on the back there. I think I think the reason potentially why last year was different um, was because they did have some X factors. You know, they had a great offensive line last year. They had Odell, um, who even though he's not the same player he was, you know, seven years ago, he's still a you know top threat. And as you point out, I don't think Robinson really. Met, went to that level. Cam, what do you think? Well, as a, when I think about the Rams, I I think about McVeigh, guys like McVeigh and Aaron Donald, the whole yearly I'm in, I'm out deal. 
particularly on the head coaching side, I think that has an impact. I do. Uh, look at the Super Bowl team last year. A lot of veterans that were playing together for a championship, the guys have already gotten paid, right? Guys that were going just for the ring. You get your ring. And I don't know, Diesel, what you think, but I felt personally, again, from afar, everybody was like, whew, we got our ring. We already got paid. Was there some was there some relaxation in the mindset? I wasn't in the building, obviously, but you know it's so hard to repeat. I feel like a lot of guys got their ring, got paid, and I'm all good. Health obviously didn't help the cause, but there definitely seemed to be a different attitude about this group. For all the things that made them so great previously, I feel like it went away. I don't know, Diesel, where you stand on that, but it sort of felt like to me. No, I mean, you're correct on that. I mean, having the in and out. I mean, like we saw this, like at the end of the offseason, Trump McVay wasn't sure if he was going to play again next year. It's like, it's your first time having a losing record. Like, I get it. It's not his first time doing this. He did this. He's done this a couple of years in a row now. And the whole, like with Donald, like the whole in and out thing, like if you're a quarterback, a franchise can wait on a quarterback to do that. You know, teams waited on Brett Favre back in the day. They wait on Tom Brady. But waiting on defensive tack, I just... And a great defensive tackle. One of the the best defensive player in football could easily be argued. But that just sets a bad precedent. I feel like if you're in the NFL, you have to be all in or all out. Yeah, and I, I think the Rams, too, like, again, from afar, I don't follow them yeah. every day like you do, Kyle. But I, I felt that they, sort of like what Cam said, they went into the season with a little bit of, like, okay, like, there's still probably enormous pressure to repeat, but hey, we got our Super Bowl win. Um, and we've seen that with other teams. I mean, there's hasn't been a team that's been to back-to-back Super Bowls other than the Patriots for a while. I think going back to maybe the Seahawks in 2013-14 um, as well. Uh, I know the Patriots did it in 17-18. Um, but since then, you know, we've seen teams like the Chiefs go to multiple AFC championship games in a row, and we saw the Pats do that forever. We've seen the Niners, you know, come close a bunch of times. Um, and I thought this Rams team was going to have that hunger again. And, you know, I, I mean, as you point out, there were a ton of injuries that set it back. It's not like they had the same roster. Um, but it just felt like maybe some of that, like, intangible stuff was lost compared to last year, too. And I felt that way about the Patriots as well. Um, if, you know, if we if we switch gears over to the Pats, you know, I felt like last year they were like, oh, man, our first losing season last year, the Cam Newton year, you know, like we drafted this Mac Jones kid. Like, you know, let's, you know, let's coach him up. Let's, like, let's work. Let's get back to the playoffs. And then it was almost like, okay, last year we made the playoffs – with Mac Jones, we'll just run it back. We'll change our offensive coordinator. No, it won't make a difference. Like, it just seemed like there was a little bit of like, well, we can, you know, do whatever because we'll make the playoffs because the AFC sucks. And that wasn't accurate um, because even though the AFC was crowded, there were still a ton of teams vying for those final spots. And those teams won down the stretch. And the Patriots didn't. Although, what's crazy to me is that the Dolphins are playing today. 
And the Dolphins have a seventh-round draft pick quarterback. They've lost like six out of seven or something like that. But because they started so hot, they could afford to do that. And the Patriots didn't start hot. So when they lost down the stretch, it hurt them. Um, so, Cam, I'll start with you because I know you've got like, you know, you're, you're ready to bust, bust out with some, uh, with some takes. So I'll let you go. Like, why do you think of this year, this year specifically – the Patriots didn't make the playoffs. And I want, I know you're going to say a lot about Patricia and the coaching, but start somewhere else and then we'll work our way back. Yeah, we'll work our, peel the onion. Yeah. Well, so let's just start, just looking at the Patriots roster, you have a roster that simply was not that good. Okay, they were downgrades in the offensive line. There was questions on defense. And again, besides... Uh, Ramondre Stevenson offensively, where are your playmakers? Okay, and the playmakers you did have, I thought, you know, with Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, uh, Devontae Parker, all these guys that the Patriots had weren't properly utilized in any sort of degree. And even the whole overarching theme of my piece about the Pats this year was the arrogance of Bill Belichick. The arrogance of Bill Belichick to believe that I can just do whatever I want I can get I can get cute. I don't have to have titles. I can hire whoever I want, and it's gonna work. It works when you have the greatest quarterback of all time bailing you out. It does not work when you have a second year quarterback that regressed because he had no true offensive coordinator. Forget about the offensive side of the ball. We got the wrong guy calling defensive plays. So Gerard Mayo should have been a defensive coordinator from day one this season. This year, he should have been a defensive coordinator. And I don't think that's really controversial. And the, the defense is not the reason the pass missed the playoffs. But this whole overarching theme of... The, the question has to come in now is, what's worse with Bill? Is arrogance or is nepotism? And I think that's a fair question. We don't know how great of a coach Steve, Steve Belichick is. I don't, I don't think he's the problem with the Patriots. But we have the wrong guys in wrong positions. We didn't replace people. And max regression can solely be put on well, not solely, a, a large portion can be put on the departure of McDaniel's. Say what you want about him as a head coach; uh, he's not a great head coach, but uh, but play calling wise, look what he did with like, a Cam Newton and Mac uh, earlier on. I mean, I was pretty impressed with that to take him to the playoffs. So I just have a lot of questions about the mindset, the, the moving forward. There were so many non-Patriot plays all year. The Raiders game comes to mind. Oh my God! Just the way we lost games, Thanksgiving Day to the Vikings. You know, giving up all those points when Mac finally had. We finally have a great offensive performance, and we still lose. It's not just those couple of moments, but it's just like, as Patriots fans, will you agree? It just feels like man, going into every game, it's going to be brutal to get to fourteen points. It's not a formula to win. Right, and I ultimately. Like, I agree with everything you just said, so I'm not just going to regurgitate it in my own way, because, like, obviously you articulated it in a, in a way that summarized it perfectly, you know, nepotism, arrogance. Look, and, like, we can talk till we're blue in the face about coaching, and it was a massive factor, but there was also just really poor execution in key moments, as you sort of alluded to there. So, the Patriots, I believe, I can't remember every game in order and how many points they lost by, but I, I think, you know, when we talked back in August, 
we said that the margin of error for this Patriots team was so low because we went through their schedule. Even Kyle and I did it by ourselves a few times last summer. We went through their schedule and we looked at all their games. They had a hard schedule. They had games that they needed to win. Losing to the Bears on Monday Night Football was a joke. Like, that is why they're not in the playoffs, right? You can look at that number one. Can look at that game, losing to the Bears, who now have the number one overall pick. They're the worst team in the league. They're worse than Houston. To a guy who cannot throw. Justin Fields, who cannot throw. Right, and they lost a home game to a young quarterback and a coach that didn't really know what he was doing in in a team that sucks, in a run defense that sucks, and we didn't run the ball. So... To to me, in that game in particular, if you just go back to that game, like I'll, I'll, I'm about to list a few more, but if you just go back to that game, they didn't know whether they wanted to start Bailey Zappi or not. They didn't know whether they wanted Mac Jones to play. Mac Jones was clearly still hurt. They didn't really know, have a strategy going into that game. Bill even admitted it on who was going to play quarterback defensively they let Justin Fields do whatever he wanted in that game and they they lost going away by like you know 17 points or something like that it was ridiculous but it wasn't just that game it was losing in Green Bay because you were afraid to throw the ball on what was it third and six because you had Bailey Zappi and you were you didn't want to throw the ball on third and six in overtime so you punt the ball away that's ridiculous you know losing a game uh to the uh to the Vikings as you pointed out on Thanksgiving because you gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown that was Mac's best offensive performance of the year you lost a game on Christmas Eve after sort of a miraculous comeback you're against Cincinnati and um Ramondre Stevenson fumbles the ball in the red zone you clearly would have walked away with that win but the only reason you needed a touchdown in that moment was because you had missed field goals and extra points earlier in the game uh, against Vegas, we all know that debacle. We don't have to talk about that. But even before that, it was 4th and 10. The Raiders were at their own, like, 39, 40-yard line. It was 4th and 10. You gave up a 20-yard pass play to the sideline. They had no timeouts. And then after that, you give up a 60-yard touchdown. I don't care if his foot was in bounds or not. You can't give up a 60-yard touchdown or whatever the hell it was, 40-yard touchdown. With the game on the line, you can't let guys get that open. And so all of these things didn't even talk about last week when they gave up two, not one, but two kickoff return touchdowns. It, they lose games like by poor execution. And so not only was it coaching, it was also execution. And, you know, Mac Jones, do you have a great year? No, not really. But... I actually had my notes. I don't know what I did with them. Hold on. I had, an, I had a stat I wanted to bring up today about Mac Jones. Hold on. Let's see if I can find it. He gave me more heartburn per capita than anybody else. <laughs> Here we go. See, th- these notes were kept on a secure server. Just kidding. I won't make any more of those jokes. You know, people are going to start getting mad at me if I start doing that. All right. So, Mac Mac Jones, in his first two seasons, okay? This is considering this year he sucked. Mac Jones in his first two seasons. And Kyle knows. Cam, you're not in our um, 
you're not in our group chat um, because I don't think you have an iPhone or otherwise you would be. Uh, we have an iMessage going Correct. with our friends Correct. from college. And, uh, and you know, I take a lot of hits. And Diesel knows. He's laughing for being a Mac Jones defender. Everybody gets on me about it. All right. But I just think it's really stupid to judge a quarterback who's in his second year with all these factors that we just talked about. So this is Mac Jones through two seasons. 66.5 completion percentage. 6,798 yards. 36 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. 7.1 yards per attempt. So on average, he throws the ball seven yards per attempt. It's not bad. I'm going to read you, that's through 31 games. I'm going to read you a quarterback right now. Somebody who's definitely, actually, I'm not going to say if he's in the Hall of Fame or not, because that might give him away. 59.2 completion percentage. 5,392 yards, 28 TDs, 31 picks. And only a 6.15 yards per attempt in 27 games. And that was in his first two seasons. You guys have any idea who that other quarterback is? Uh, Stafford? No, not bad. Not a bad guess. Uh, Diesel, do you have a question, uh, guess? Eli Manning? No, also not. That's also not a bad guess either. It's Drew Brees. So Drew Brees, in his first two years with the Chargers, before he left in free agency and they chose Phillip Rivers over him, which was, I mean, they would have chosen Eli Manning over him if they could, they wanted to. Um, But they were ready to move on from Drew Brees, all right? So to all my Patriots fans who want to move on from Mac Jones, and I'm not not saying that he's going to be Drew Brees, I'm just saying that... The Chargers in 2004 decided to move on from Drew Brees. He went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Saints in which he won a Super Bowl and led them to the playoffs multiple times. Brought them to NFC title games, brought them to um, you know, numerous playoff trips, set records in the NFL. If they wanted to move on from him, he had worse stats than Matt Jones in his first two years. So just think about that. What... Jones could be if he had good coaching, if he had a team that executed around him. Like all these things that we took for granted as the Patriots for so many years. So that's why I agree with you, Cam. It, it was about coaching, but it was also just about execution in key moments throughout the season when their margin of error was just so low. And all things considered, did Mac Jones regress? Absolutely. He was also injured. He was also put in a horrible situation with his game planning around him and everything. Um, you know, he didn't get along with his offensive, offensive coaches and his team let him down also in big situations that he wasn't involved all in all year all long. Year. Let him down. Coaching staff, his players. How many, how many bad line of scrimmage penalties, false starts, right. illegal shifts? Just so unpatriot-like. Right, last last week. In week week 17. Right, yeah, even last week against the Bills, when the Bills took the lead after that second kickoff return, it was 21-17. to Jones threw a dime down the field. I believe it was to Devontae Parker. And they had the ball in the red zone. 
And then Mac threw a nice like crossing route to Myers, who went to the left sideline. He was he was tossed out of bounds around the five. Hunter Henry got called for an OPI, which is an immediate fifteen yard penalty, um, and replay of the down. So instead of being at the, you know, what was it five yard line with a first and goal, they're at the thirty with a second and twenty or something like that. And it was like the drive was over, you know? It was all year in the red zone. They all were, year long. They, they were one of the worst red zone teams I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, they were Just horrible. The pure, incomp- the pure incompetence of play calling and the inability to get touchdowns and not field goals. Against Vegas, they scored a touchdown, but the coaches had called a timeout before the play – like, Mac threw a nice fade to Myers in the end zone. But it, what they, Bill had called a timeout right before the uh, snap. It felt, it felt like amateur hour all year with the yeah. Patriots. Kyle, do you, have any, do you have any thoughts? You know, did you watch a lot? Did you hear a lot? I mean, you heard a lot from me all year. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot from you guys. I mean, just from what I saw from afar, the Pats didn't look like the Pats like they used to be. But they're a totally different team from what they were. Five years ago is what they are now, um, but they didn't like you guys talked about. They didn't execute play. Like, they didn't look like themselves. Like special teams didn't seem to really exist this year. How many kick returns, punt returns did they let up this year? Um, and I know a lot of their star players are getting a little bit older. Like Matt Slater, he's getting a little bit older. Uh, McCordy's getting a little bit older. So it's kind of like, what's the future looking like? Especially since you guys aren't willing to pay some of these guys, like these future stars. What does that mean for your team? Because you look at, for example, what the Dolphins did this year. They traded for Terry Kill, and now look at them. They're a superstar team just by adding him offensively for the big-name stars. But the Patriots don't have a big-name star right now, really. I can't really say anyone on their team stands out as a just superstar. Really. Just yeah. offensive Stevenson, but yeah. Yeah, but you guys don't have anyone that sticks. Every other team usually has some other guy yeah. offensively and defensively that sticks out, but has well, this you don't have anyone. I think Matthew, I, Matthew I, Judon. Yeah, on, def, on defense, yeah, Matt Judon and uh, and uh, Kyle Duggar are sort of like you know the heartbeats of the. De- I think the defense was in good shape in terms of roster building this year. I think we were a little thin at corner. Don't forget, we played the like whole second half of the year essentially from Thanksgiving on without Jalen Mills. Um, and I never thought I'd miss Jalen Mills, but I mean, we Agreed. we we trotted out yeah. Miles Bryant, love love the kid, trotted him out in Week 18 in a must win game against the Bills, and you know right. Stephon Diggs ate his lunch. So I mean, I like, and then Marcus Jones was like our almost our most explosive player on all three phases of the game. He had a pick six against Cincinnati. A Punt return, win, walk off against the Jets, which is probably the only exciting moment of the whole year. And then he had a um, receiving touchdown against the Bills in like week 12 or something. So, yeah, they they, they didn't, as you pointed out, Kyle, they didn't have a big offensive star. Um, and then defensively, Judon sort of disappeared even down the stretch. Um, and they were they were forced to have... The real reason they were in all these games at the end of the year was because Duggar would have a pick six or, um, you know, McCourty would get a timely interception or whatever. And or they would be playing a backup quarterback 
Like down the stretch, they beat Skylar Thompson and slash Teddy Bridgewater, Colt McCoy. I mean, they didn't beat anybody good all year long. The only starters I believe they beat all year long were Jared Soft and um, and uh, Zach Wilson. That was it all year long. They didn't beat a single starting quarterback. I mean, because technically Mitch Trubisky in week two didn't finish the season as a starter, so they didn't, you know. And I guess Zach Wilson didn't either. So Jared Goff was, was really – I was just going to say, and, and the Lions were a different team at that point. Yeah. They weren't with – they peaked at the end, obviously. Yeah. So anyway, that that's a long way of saying that just neither one of our teams were were there. I mean, they, they weren't there – Literally, because they're not playing today, but they weren't there in the terms of what we expected just from an intangible standpoint. Execution with the Patriots, um, drive and determination and, you know, will to win from the Rams. Um, there just wasn't any of that there. There And intangibles are a huge part of sports. If you don't have them, I mean, you can't be a playoff team, let alone a championship team. All right, so speak. let's just... Move right into it, because um, we spent about 25 minutes doing an autopsy on our teams. Uh, today at 4.30, we've got Seahawks and 49ers. Um, so, Cam, I'm going to let you go first on this game, and then we'll go to Kyle, and then we'll go to me, and then we'll move on to each each of the games. So, what do you see from Seattle and San Francisco this afternoon at West? Well, it's a, it's a fun matchup. I, I think comeback play of the year, Geno Smith. Great story in Seattle, overachieved big time, but they're going to be overmatched. This is a, this is San Fran's game at home. I see a big win for San Francisco. Um, you know, Purdy's been Purdy's been doing what he needs to do. Running backs are there. Defense is solid. They're getting a little. Four Niners are getting healthier. I'm rolling with San Francisco comfortably this afternoon. Diesel, I agree with Cam there. Um, I do think the 49ers definitely have had, found a spark the last six to five games of the season. Um, they definitely have the hot hand going into it. I don't. Seattle's had a great year. Don't expect this. I just I don't think they have the determination or the player power to get over San Fran's heavy defense, who is getting much healthier, and that studded offense they have. Right, I agree. I think they've got play. I think the 49ers have playmakers all over the field. And I know I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but that's because I thought Trey Lance was going to play all year. Now, in retrospect, not only did Trey Lance not play, but Jimmy Garoppolo really didn't play the second half of the year either. And Brock Purdy is bringing them to the playoffs. But I think more than anything, it's, as Kyle pointed out, the healthy San Francisco defense that's bringing them to the playoffs. And ultimately, outside of quarterback, and Diesel, you alluded to this again, as I just mentioned, they were healthy this year. I was worried there has been a couple of years since their Super Bowl run in 19 that, you know, they just couldn't get healthy. And I think, you know, Kittle, underrated, coming back, playing most of the year. The pickup of McCaffrey midseason was, you know, as important as any Debo, another strong um, campaign. I mean, not. I mean, just the list goes. Uh, Ayuk as well. The list goes down the line of the studs they have on both sides of the ball. Um, Nick Bosa. I mean, everybody. And so they have too much talent to 
not be favored in this game. So I'm going to pick them as well. But just throwing it out there, that if any team in the NFC could upset San Francisco in week one, I'm sorry, in week one of the playoffs, it, it could be Seattle. Because that, that is, could be a trap for them. I'm just going to point that out. I think if, Seattle, if San Francisco's looking at who their potential opponents would be, do we, they definitely didn't want Dallas, I don't think. But they probably were hoping to get the Giants. And now they've got Seattle, which is probably the second team that they didn't want to see. Uh, you know, so divisional opponent knows you well. They've already played each other twice. There's a lot of tape. Just saying that there could be a chance of an upset here, but, but more than likely it will be a com- comfortable win for uh, for San Francisco. Um, so then tonight we have the Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars coming across country. A battle of two young quarterbacks who had prolific college careers. And a battle of newer coaches, Staley and Peterson, um, in in their respective clubs. So, Cam, what do you see with the Chargers and the Jags tonight? Well, this is a fun one. This is this is an underrated game, in my opinion. Um, Trevor Lawrence has really come into his own this year with with an excellent coaching job done by Doug Peterson. Um, Jacksonville's peaking at the right time. I pick. I'm picking Jacksonville in this game to win. Um, I don't trust the Chargers. They've been so inconsistent <laughs> all year. No Mike Williams either. Right for Herbert, and Herbert's been very. He's a great young player. I really like him, but he's had some duds. They've had some really big time dud offensive performances this year. So you never know what you're going to get with the Chargers. And if I'm the Jaguars, they're playing with house money. They weren't supposed to be here. They're going to be at home. It's going to be going wild. Peterson can get these guys ready. Obviously, we remember what Peterson did with the Eagles with a backup quarterback against our Patriots, Super Bowl champion. So I have Jacksonville in this game. And I'll even go further and say, I believe Brandon Staley will coach his last game for the Chargers today. I think if they lose this game, they'd have to fire him. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Kyle, what do you think about not only that, but the game in general? I mean, like, I think that, like, Cam's right, this is a fun, interesting game. Like, I think the game can go either way. Just looking at the last few games, the Chargers and both the uh, Jags have been on pretty much a winning streak besides the Chargers lost their last game the regular season. But I think they won, like, five in a row before that. And I think the biggest reason, like Cam said, just never has been looking too hot. I agree. I think if they can run the ball with Eckler, I think the Chargers have a chance of winning this game if they keep the ball on the ground. Because Eckler has been on fire. He's actually been a lot healthier this year because they've been hanging the ball off to the backup running back and not having Eckler run the ball the entire time. So if I'm the Chargers, I think that's the way to win this today is to keep the ball on the ground, control the clock. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags did win. Like Cam said, they're on a hot streak. They just beat the Titans to make it into the playoffs. So, like, both teams have a high. I, I like the Chargers over the Jaguars, though. Yeah, so now that I'm thinking about it, this could be the hardest game of the week. Because um, I'm looking at the other games, and, like, there's 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 one other game that you could that we haven't talked about yet that could be harder. Um, but for this game, 
you know, you just mentioned Austin Eckler. Well, I'm talking about Travis Etienne. So he had a great season. Um, They dealt Robinson earlier in the year, which gave Etienne the lion's share of the carry, or I should say the Jaguars' share of the carry. And he had a great season. So they can run the ball just as much as the uh, Chargers can and as good as they can. So I think this game is going to come down to X factors. And Cam, you alluded it to a second ago. You talked about the coaches. You talked about Staley and the difference between Staley and Peterson. I mentioned that they were both new to their, relatively new to their, um, to their clubs. But Doug Peterson's not new to the playoffs. Um, And the Jaguars, that place is loud. They are one of, they feel down there like they're a disrespected franchise. Like the true hardcore Jaguar fans down there are hardcore because they feel like they're the 32nd franchise. They're forgotten. They've been bad and good and then bad again. Um, People don't believe in them. Uh, They've had some history with some really tough teams going back to the late 90s. They almost beat us at home in that same Doug Peterson year. Um, Totally different team now, though. Uh, So I think there is a strong possibility that San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles can never take the Chargers out of San Diego. You can't take San Diego out of the Chargers or whatever I say. Whatever I say. There is a chance that the Chargers win this game because they have a lot of talent, right? But they're missing Mike Williams. Austin Eckler, Kyle pointed out, huge X factor. Um, But to me, I I think I can be talked into going for the Jags here because think about what they came off of last week. Now, I know Tennessee isn't who Tennessee really is with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. All due respect, you know, Tennessee volunteer great Josh Dobbs. Not an NFL quarterback at, at this point in his career. Probably is comfortable being a backup. Um, but the the Jaguars beat Tennessee, right? Who was like who everybody expected to win the division, yada, yada, yada. So Jacksonville gets this big emotional win against Tennessee. They get to stay home. They win their division. They bring in a team that, let's face it, Sort of choked away the playoffs last year when all they had to do was tie the Raiders. Oh, so, so this the I feel like the Chargers could be playing a little tight tomorrow, right? So to me in the playoffs, it's all about who's playing with an edge, who's playing with confidence, and who's playing with something to lose, right? And I'm going to get to that later with another game. So I, I think I'm going to roll with Jacksonville because I think they're going to play looser. I think they're at home. That place is going to be loud. They feel like they're disrespected. They feel like nobody thinks they should be there. Um, and so I'm just going pure intangibles on this one. Uh, my head kind of says go with the better team. And I think ultimately when push comes to shove, the Chargers are the better football team. But I think in this particular matchup, given the circumstances, I think go with Jacksonville on this one as well. It's tough. All right, so that rounds up tonight's games and today's games. Tomorrow we've got Dolphins-Bills. Now, to me, there's not a lot to talk about with this one, but uh, Kim, I'll let you start. Again, not much to say here. This game would have been very fun with Tua playing. Obviously, first and foremost, his health matters, obviously, first. But in terms of the product in the field, this is Buffalo all the way. 
uh, by at least two scores. Um, Skylar Thompson in there. You know, I give credit to Coach McDaniel and everybody over there in Miami to get this team in the playoffs. Um, but not it's not very compelling. Uh, Josh Allen and right. the boys in a roll. I don't think it's a close. I think it's a two-score game. Right. And and to me, this isn't a perfect this is a perfect example. And this year in particular, like obviously there was the incident, you know, that we all know about. Um that played a factor in this uh, later down the line. Um, but I think even before that happened, and obviously you'd mentioned Tua's health, obviously DeMar Hamlin's health is really important too. But I think for this game, this is, the, this is a great case study on why we don't need to expand the NFL playoffs. Thousand percent. I'm sorry, but the last few years, the two versus seven, especially in the AFC, has been sort of like, what the hell are we doing? Like last year, the Chiefs and the Steelers, really. You know, this year we've got the Dolphins and the Bills. And honestly, if it had been the Patriots in there, I would have said the same thing. Like the Patriots didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. The Dolphins don't deserve to be in the playoffs. The Steelers, I know they had, I know they had a great little like Cinderella win on Sunday night against the um, Ravens a couple weeks ago. But, you know, they didn't really deserve to be in the playoffs with the way they started. And you know the 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 game in the in the in the other conference, I believe, is the Giants and the Vikings, which we'll get to in a second. Well, that's the three six. Oh, that's the three six. Oh, so three, it's seven is San Fran and Seattle. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. Still, okay. Still. Still. I mean, even even so, I mean, Seattle had a great story, but I, you know, I like, I, I like six. I like six teams in there. I, I right, was, because to me, yeah. I you know, San Francisco deserves a bye, right? Like, you know, the, the Bills deserve a bye. You know, the I think you should have six teams and you should get two teams going to buy. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't really think in this – I think this Bills game is – tomorrow is a perfect example of this. And But, Kyle, I'll let, I'll let you go before I say anything else about the game. Yeah, I think it's a pretty easy determination who's going to win this game on paper. It's definitely the Bills. Especially with Tua being out, Tua was playing. It'd be a totally different game. Um, but I'm not even sure if Tua is going to even return for the future of my his Miami or football career. It's so sad to see, especially with how he's been treated this year by the Dolphins organization. I know they finally decided to take time for it, but he's definitely not sure how that's going to look like. Their whole future is in jeopardy. Um, but the Bills have all the firepower they need to go forward. They have to determination to do it um they have a they basically have a fire under their ass excuse my french but they basically do from what happened previously on monday night a few weeks ago um so they're definitely the team to one of the teams to be in the afc um but i just see they have too much firepower their defense is doing great they're doing fine as long as josh allen doesn't make too many um dumb pass plays try to try to force the ball down the field, try to gain extra yards in the run, force himself to potentially get hurt, I think they'll be fine. Right. I, I agree. I think a lot would have to go right. Um, you know, last week the the Patriots came in and, you know, they played, I thought, a pretty good first half against the Bills. Um, you know, the Bills had some really – the only touchdowns they got last week were on explosive plays, um, big 
big yards on pass plays, two huge kick returns. Um, so I think that was almost like, this sounds crazy, but that was almost like a little bit of a buy for Buffalo. I know that sounds weird considering all that they went through last week, but in terms of like not having to go out and like make a bunch of plays on offense and like your linemen running up and down the field, like, you know, they were pretty comfortable in the Patriots game. You know, they scored quick, they scored fast. Um, you know, they didn't have to, Patriots didn't really punch him in the mouth offensively uh, last week either. So, you know, I think the Bills, physically speaking, are feeling pretty good. And I know, you know, obviously they've, they're going through the whole um, situation with Demar Hamlin, and I talked about that at length by myself last week. So I'm not by any means minimizing that. I'm just saying when they only play a few minutes last Monday night and then sort of had a comfortable showing against the Patriots in terms of physicality speaking. Um, there wasn't a lot of penalties in that game. There wasn't a lot of long drives in that game. I think the Bills, physically speaking, feel pretty fresh for this game. And so I think that's even another layer of not only do they have a fire under their ass, like you said, Kyle, they also feel good physically and they're ready for this challenge of making th- making it through the playoffs and they feel like they they probably feel like they've been slighted a little bit by the league and treated a little bit unfairly uh in some ways um and so they're also obviously rallying around Demar Hamlin and I think they're a dangerous team because of that so it, it, it look to me I know you guys both pointed out the two injury I think if Tua plays this is still a comfortable Buffalo win you know we saw what Buffalo did to us in week one of the playoffs last year. They won, I think, going away. They didn't have to punt the whole year. I mean, sorry, the whole game. So they feel good. They're, they're built for the playoffs now. Um, the only thing that could get in their way is self-inflicted wounds like turnovers and whatnot. And Allen had a couple last week. Um, so we'll have to see if that continues. Um, but I think they didn't really get pushed around physically by the Patriots last week, and then they didn't play a full game the week before, so they haven't played a full game since um, around Christmas time, and like a full, like hard, close game. And so I think that will that will help them this week, and I think they win comfortably. Um, now we've got the Giants and Vikings tomorrow afternoon, and. Again, this is just crazy to me that the Giants are in the playoffs. But Cam, I'll let, I'll let you go here first as well again. Well, this game again, I think I'm going to be in the I think I'm going to be in the minority here. So I'll I'm going to get out of the way. I'm picking the New York Football Giants to win this game. You love the Giants. Well, I I despise <laughs> all the pain they caused my childhood. But this is actually more about my disdain and distrust for the Minnesota Vikings, as I'm wearing purple. I, I, assure, you, I assure you it's for Kurt Busch, not for the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you very much. Let's get that out of the way for our viewers now. But this is more about the Vikings to me. Okay, you look at the Vikings, and I, I'd like to shout out our friend Nick Mealy, who him and I talk all the time. He calls the he called the Vikings the biggest fraud this year. And I have to agree with him. How many one-score games did they win? You know, they had a lot of luck. A lot of things went their way. They've had some terrible losses. Terrible losses. And you have Kirk Cousins, who, as we, it's been well chronicled, 
oh my goodness, when the games matter, you never know what you're going to get with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's beaten. He's, he's, he's primed. If I had to put money on somebody to blow it, you, you put the house on Kirk Cousins. I don't know, up. dude. He's won. He has won. His playoff wins are, I don't know, there aren't many, but he did beat Drew Brees <laughs> on the road in New Orleans. Listen, listen. I'm going off of this year, what I've seen from Minnesota. They have found ways to lose. I know their record. I, this is a How can they have found ways to lose when they win all they these are, close they games? Are, they got, this, I look, I'm looking at the losses they had. They got absolutely JV'd by Dallas. Yeah, oh, this yeah. Year. Okay. They've had a lot of things go their way. They've had great moments. They have one of the best three receivers in football. Okay. But again, all that doesn't matter when you get to a one-game playoff scenario. And I just feel like if there's a team primed to blow it, it's Minnesota. On the Giants side, I really like what Dayball's done with that group. They play pretty composed. They're not, they're not flashy. They're not offensively elite, but they're solid. You know, they competed really hard all year. They don't have, they don't have the weapons that Minnesota does. But I like what Dayball's done. Right. In a one-game scenario, I'm rocking with Brian Dayball on that crew. Saquon's look new. Daniel Jones is never going to be Mahomes, but he's been solid enough. And I think their defense is underrated too. They've been in a lot of games. They've hung around. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not really. It's not really. I'll finish with this. It's not really a ringing endorsement for for New York. It's more about my distrust for Minnesota. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is the NFC East the only division with three playoff teams? I think it is. Yeah. I yeah. think so. That's crazy. And, and Washington was competing for a while too. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just I have a feeling. I just feel like Minnesota's going to blow it. All right, Kyle. What what's your take? Because I know you were high on the Vikings going in the year. You're the only one that picked them to win the division. Um, what do you think about Minnesota in this game uh, tomorrow against uh, New York? I mean, I watched I watched them pretty much most of their games this season just because I love their offensive coordinator here uh, that they got from the Rams. It's a great offensive coordinator, but I never have trust in Kirk Cousins like what Cam said I don't have full trust and I'm glad they always signed him to a one year contract I really think if they don't win this game I really think the game could go either way if it's like if it's within 10 point span the Giants are gonna win but if it's not a 10 point span the Vikings are gonna win that's my take on that um but if Kirk Cousins doesn't show up I think this is it for him I think he's gonna have to go I think the moving forward if he doesn't win Make, take him all the way to the Super Bowl or close to the NFC title. I think he's going to be gone. I think they're going to be either looking to trade or looking to draft a quarterback this upcoming season. Interesting. Are you picking the Giants or the Vikings? Uh, I'm picking the Vikings. But like I said, it depends on what the total score. If it's within 10 points, Giants are probably yeah, you gotta put your money where your mouth is, there, buddy. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's doing the great, the great, like none sit, of that Finding a fence, <laughs> finding a fence post to sit on. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see that too. So he, it sounds like he's going with the Vikings, um, which I respect because he did pick them at the beginning of the year. So he is sticking to his guns there uh, to win right. the division. Gotta give you credit for that pick. You got that right. I now, got that college football. I think I think the Vikings are going to win. Um, and I think they have... First of all, they're playing at home. And that place gets loud. We saw how loud that got on Thanksgiving. Um, the skull chant, everything. 
I mean, that's a loud environment, and those people are hardcore. Much like the Jaguars fans are hardcore. Vikings fans feel disrespected. You know, they've never um, really had sustained playoff success. They've been lovable losers for a long time. Um, You know, they're a long ways removed from the uh, purple people eaters, right? So the Vikings fans are hardcore, and they feel disrespected. Um, Shout out, friend of mine from here. Um, Brody, I know you're listening and I know you're a huge Vikings guy. And so I'm sort of blowing smoke up. Yeah. So I'm blowing smoke, I'm blowing smoke up the Vikings ass with this one. But no, seriously, like, I think they win this game because they're the more, they're just the more talented team and they're playing at home. And in the wild card weekend that happens, I think last year, was it all the home teams won? I think that was the case. Um, and and so I do get what you guys are both saying about the Vikings choking. But here's where I see them choking. I see them going on the road to a place like San Francisco or, um, or Philadelphia later in the year and absolutely getting blown out. Because that's what they've done all year. They'll win a close game, which is why it's interesting that Kyle says that if the game's close, they'll lose. I think if the game's close, they'll win because that's what they've done all year. But I think they completely have a tendency to lose big. And they have a tendency to lose big in the playoffs. They have before. If you think about, uh, I believe it was 2017, they went to the NFC title game at home against the Eagles. Or, sorry, on the road. It was on the road. They would have been at home in the Super Bowl in Minnesota if they won. And they lost like 45 to 7 or something like that. Whereas the close games, they've beaten the Saints twice in some really close games in recent years. Kirk Cousins has had a lot of comeback wins this year. Um, I think that if the game is close tomorrow, they'll win. Um, and whereas I could see them definitely losing in the divisional round when they have to go play San Francisco next week or in the AFC NFC title game. Um, if they play the uh, Eagles, I could see them losing to Tampa or Dallas at home, potentially, depending on what happens with some of these games. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ruling out them choking. I just don't think it will be against this Giants team because Daniel Jones, let's not forget, has a lot of choke in him as well. And unlike Kirk Cousins, he hasn't won a playoff game. This is Daniel Jones we're talking about. Let's not kid ourselves into thinking this is the Giants playoff team that we grew up with, right, that broke our hearts, Cam. I mean, this is – I like what Dayball's doing, but he's not Tom Coughlin. So uh, just don't fool yourselves into thinking the same way we fooled ourselves last year and years before into thinking the Patriots teams were necessarily the same teams as before. I don't think that's – I don't think that's the case. Um with this with this Giants team. I you know, I, I do respect that they got there in a division that nobody thought was gonna be good. Um and they I mean, I'd be lying if I said they had no outside shot at winning tomorrow. But I think ultimately Minnesota will win tomorrow. Um and will probably choke in the Super Bowl and break everyone's hearts in there instead. We're gonna see about that. Yeah. We're gonna see mm-hmm. Well, Minnesota's a team that could lose tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised. Or they could win the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't be surprised. 
That, I agree. That's with that. the weird I, thing. That, that sentiment, I agree with hundred percent. And yes. you know, moving on to this next game, um, Ravens and Bengals. You know, on paper, you look at that and you get excited for it, and then you remember Tyler Huntley is the starting quarterback for the <laughs> for the Ravens instead of Lamar Jackson. Um, but Cam, where are you with this AFC North showdown? Because so, just so that we're really, really, we all predicted this game, actually. We all predicted yeah. this wild card game. We all said this would be the a wild card game because we said the division would be close. Um, I thought it would be four and five, but in reality, it's three and six. Um, but where are you with this game? Well, I'm disappointed because I wanted I wanted Lamar versus Joe Burrow. Um, I really I really like watching Lamar play. Yeah. He made a great business decision to sit out without a contract. Well, I won't even go there right now, but for good reasons, he's not playing. Uh, this is a Bengals game, but it's going to be closer than people think. I think people are thinking Bengals blowout here. I'm not. These AFC North divisional games, whether they're playoffs or regular season, are always dogfights. They're competitive. They're right. tough. There's a lot of hatred. Right. You know, this, I'm not saying this is Pittsburgh-Baltimore yet in terms of the iconic rivalry, but this is a budding rivalry. I mean, Cincinnati's ever since Burrow was drafted, you know, they've become obviously the big dogs in the division. So this is going to be. This has been a fun series the last few years. And I think this would be a decent game, but you just have too much with Cincinnati. I mean, they finally got things rolling. You know, Burrow's rolling. Jamar Chase is great. Joe Mixon's there. The defense is what the defense is. I mean, but all you have to do is stop Tyler Huntley. And and an already very limited amount of playmakers on the Baltimore offense. So I have Cincinnati winning. I think it'll be a a one-score game. But I'm I'm going with the better players. Cincinnati's got momentum. They're rolling, and I think Burrow's that X factor. So I, I'm just I'm going with them. I have I have a lot of confidence in Cincinnati this year. Diesel. Yeah, I agree with Cam. Basically everything he said, I can't debate it. I mean, I wish, like you said, I wish Lamar was playing, but he's making a smart business decision. He's doing what's best for him. Uh, but we saw last year the Bengals have been there and they've done that they made a way to Super Bowl last year like they know what they're doing they know how to win these games and I I don't know if it's going to be a close game I think it's going to be a little bit more lopsided towards the Bengals just because of the high power offense they have right now and the confidence they have in these players and I think instead of Joe Burrow being the X Factor I think the X Factor that she is going to be Joe Mixing in the playoffs Right, he he's been poised to take his second and that next step for a few years now, and this year he definitely has. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, Kyle, if you're done, but I mean I'm I'm rolling with Cincinnati as well, and I do want to point out something you guys said because I think we've had this debate before about who will win a Super Bowl first, like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, and I always said Lamar Jackson because he's part of a winning operation and he seems like a determined guy. And now I'm starting to think it's going to be neither Um, because I've talked about this too on my own when I do my own shows is I just Lamar to me, like I'm not ever going to blame a guy for an injury really, especially when he gets hurt, but it seems like it's year in year out. He's hurt and he's had one good season in four years. 
and it was albeit an MVP season where he was amazing. But in 2019, oh, I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm in, with you on this. In 2018, they gave him the keys yeah. to the car, right? And he absolutely peed down his leg against the Chargers at home. The Chargers at home absolutely peed down his leg in 2018 at home. Could not throw the ball again. He was a rookie. Hard to blame the guy. Just was not ready for the moment. 2019 MVP season, amazing, amazing performance all year long. Basically ended the Patriots dynasty, if you, want to, if you want to think about it that way, because after the Patriots lost on the road to the Ravens that year, they were never the same team. Um, and Brady left the year after. So, like, he had an amazing year, but then in the first round of the playoffs, they go one and done, they lose to the Titans. Right. 2020, sort of injured, sort of battling his way. I believe they won a playoff game, I want to say, against... The Chargers, maybe they got... Or no, it was the Colts. No, maybe the Bills beat them. I don't know. Some They, they ended up getting... Maybe they got a bye. I can't remember. But they went on the road to Buffalo and just didn't show up. And then... Because they can't, they can't throw. And then last year... Last year, they missed the playoffs because he got hurt. And they were walking down the end of the stretch with Tyler Huntley as their quarterback. And the only reason I think they made the playoffs this year was because they started out so well and Lamar didn't get hurt as early. So to me, it's like, yeah, we can talk about if Lamar Jackson was playing. Yeah, that would be awesome. He's an elite quarterback in terms of athleticism and, you know, ability uh, moving the ball with his legs and extending plays and whatnot. But in the playoffs and in big games, I'm sorry. I, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson being a, you know, being a playoff quarterback, being a reliable quarterback. You talked about him playing for a contract. To me, if I'm a GM who wants to sign him in free agency, you're probably going to sign him anyway, right, because of his talent. But I would much rather see him go into a game and play rather than sit out because he's afraid he's going to get hurt. Like, to, to, uh, me, to me, it's just like, what do, you, what do you have to prove? I mean, he had one, se- one full great season. And he wants he wants to get paid like like who like Russell Wilson who won a Super Bowl. Hold on, I, I gotta stop you there because let me stop you there because what did Kyler Murray do to get paid? Oh, I'm not if saying I'm that Lamar, was right either. That's why I'm, I'm saying I'm, neither. If I'm Lamar, I'm feeling so disrespected by that franchise. Oh, absolutely. Why am I put my life on the line. They paid Kyler two hundred fifty million dollars to play Call of Duty. No, and I'm not saying one's right. Either. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. That's I know, I know. I, I'm just saying like. I, Diesel and I had a debate. franchise was mismanaged. They, they blew the whole situation. Diesel and I had a debate about who would win a Super Bowl first. And I said Lamar because he's in a winning situation. He's in Baltimore. He seems like a guy that wants to win. But now, I, after this year, I'm thinking, okay, you're hurt again. You didn't really right. play. In, to me, this is what like what Kyler did a couple of years ago when he walked away from a must-win game against the Rams uh, that they had to win. I think it was that was the 2020 season. Um, 4-11. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he he yeah. walked away in from the game. I mean, he and he and Kyler, and I'm not picking on these guys because they're young, mobile quarterback. I mean, yeah, I would I'm much rather have Jalen Hurts. All right, Jalen Hurts to me seems like a guy that wants to be a winner. He doesn't care about his contract. He dealt with the whole Carson Wentz bullshit, you know. And he's out here and he just wants to win games. He's been a winner. He went to Bama. He went to Oklahoma. The dude's a serial winner. All right. I don't see that out of Lamar and Kyler. And so... Yeah, but you also... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say at least the Eagles though they gave her the weapons and everything they need. They brought right, in right. on the They gave him a wide receiver. The Cardinals brought in all these wide receivers for Kyler, and Kyler still can't get his act together. But they didn't beef up the offensive line. Same with the Ravens. They brought in these wide receivers. Did nothing about the offensive line. They like, traded the second round pick for Roquan, Roquan Smith, but they refuse. They refuse to get him a number one wide receiver for whatever reason it is. And yeah. I'm not so saying it's a. I'm not saying it's a complete pass, Diesel, for Lamar, but if you don't pay the guy when he wins the MVP, when are you ever going to pay him? Yeah, so to me, like, I'm separating, I'm trying to separate the contract from Lamar Jackson a little bit this year because to me, we all know the Ravens should have paid him, right? Like, he is a franchise quarterback. However, to me, I think both he and Kyler are in a very similar situation, right? They haven't really done anything except, you know, sort of prove that they can extend plays and run around, which to me is a little bit of a red flag because none of those guys are big. I mean, Kyler's certainly not a, not big, and Lamar's Lamar a little bit Kyler's bigger. Lamar's category is so disrespectful to me. I'm sorry. I, I know. I'm not saying they're the same quarterback. I'm saying they're in similar situations in how their years are. I don't think so. How are they not in the same situation, right? How are they not in well, the same situation? They're unreliable. Unreliable. Kyler's, ne- Kyler's never brought a team to a number one seed in MVP. Great. What did he do with that other than losing the first round of the playoffs? Okay, but, say, okay, but, he, but hold on. But winning MVP means something. And being number oh, yeah, one of course it does. We know, we mean, know how you feel about MVPs. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand Murray because that, dude, that dude's a bum. The Lamar at least... Cares about winning. I think. More I think. I think you're. I think you're misunderstanding. I like Lamar over Kyler. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that they are both unreliable. So if Kyler gets this big contract and he's unreliable, and I we didn't like that contract because we think he's unreliable. I'm with you on that point. Then what yeah. has Lamar done to deserve oh, a oh. bigger contract if he's also unreliable? Well, we paid Deshaun. The, the Browns paid Deshaun Watson. I, I'm not talking about Deshaun Watson. I think <laughs> I think saying. that was on. Un- this is the market today. This is the market. You want if you want to play, you got to pay for quarterbacks. Right. What I'm saying I, is Lamar hasn't completed a full season in th- three years now. Correct. All right. He hasn't completed a full season in three years. We're now three years. Almost four removed from his MVP season. He's been hurt. To me. Right. His contract has nothing to do with whether he plays this game and sits out and doesn't get hurt because he's already shown that he's continued to get hurt. Like, so to me, I'm separating that and saying, okay, that's all right. I know I'm splitting hairs a little bit and I opened up a Pandora's box. I I don't know. I, I, I'm rocking with Lamar in this whole situation. Listen, here's the thing. I see his point of view, but if I was, or uh, whatever his name is, the GM for Baltimore, I would not give him $300 million. So I, I agree with your point because of what you said. But that's not how the that's not how NFL works today. With these oh, I know that's not how the NFL if they works. show any inkling of being decent, you got to pay him. I know. I mean, think about um, think about Josh Allen. He's getting paid like $45 million a year. Kirk Cousins got $84 million and yeah. When he got yeah. that deal, he was like... What did he right. do? What does he do? I, I know. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, like, if, if you want to make a smart investment, maybe you give him big money but short term. Because, yeah, I, yeah. 
because well, now you're gonna lose them. Now you're gonna lose them for nothing. Baltimore's gonna lose them this year. For well, nothing. that's their they're fault. Not gonna pay. That, well, that's what I'm getting at. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. They, they, I mean, I'm. I think you should have paid Lamar after his MVP season when he. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But yeah. and then then you could have done like sort of what the Red Sox did is pay Chris Sale before he got hurt and then you can complain about oh well now, you know we didn't know he was going to get hurt you know but now right. now he's been hurt right. for like three years in a row so what are you going to say yeah, now like, they're going to have nobody now they're going to have no quarterback next right year. because now it's like he'll be gone now they they've convinced themselves much like I have that he is maybe unreliable and maybe we shouldn't pay him and what he, what's he going to do probably he's going to prove me wrong and everybody else wrong go to somewhere like Vegas or Miami or wherever the hell and he's going to like win a Super Bowl because I think I think he's I think he has winning intangibles more than Murray does I don't think Murray has winner intangibles I think Lamar like just as a dude like is a competitor wants to win. My my question about him has always been durability. It hasn't been desire to win or desire to be good. Um, and that's why I get, that's why I got so excited because for me, Kyler is all about his will to win. Does he even care? No, he doesn't care. But and, care. and you know, going back to this game, I think that's the difference in this game. It's not that Lamar. You know, if Lamar was playing, I think the Ravens would win. I still think the Ravens would lose even if Lamar is playing for some of those reasons I outlined below. He just hasn't been a good playoff quarterback in the chances he has got. Um, whereas Burrow, in his one chance at the playoffs, went all the way to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. So for me, it's less of this game is less about is Lamar Jackson playing for the Ravens and more about the fact that we know that Joe Burrow is playing for the Bengals. So. I think the game's going to be close. Um, I, you know, you guys talking about Mixon being a factor. I, I absolutely believe that. You know, you just look at the pass catchers that the uh, Bengals have as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think they've slowly but surely, much like San Francisco did, as we talked about earlier, gotten healthier, gotten stronger. Um, they haven't necessarily blown teams out of the water with defensive takeaways and whatnot. Um, but they, they are opportunistic. And in the playoffs, that's all that matters. And so I'm rolling with the Bengals, too. I think they'll win probably by 10. I agree with you, Cam. I think it's going to be a little bit of a dogfight. Um, but to me, again, this game is less about is Lamar Jackson playing for the Ravens and more about is uh, Joe Burrow playing for the Bengals, and he is. And I know at the beginning of the year, I chose the Ravens to win the division because I, I believe Lamar in a contract year would have a big year because I do believe he has that desire. Problem is, like like what's been happening in recent years, he got hurt. So I think I think that's what we're looking at with that game. All right, what's our... Oh, boy. <laughs> our, our last game of the week to preview. Cam, I'll let you start. We got the boys from Dallas... Heading to South Florida, or heading to Central Florida, playing Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your Super Bowl pick. Who do you have in this game? I I tell you, I was doing my NFL picks, and I probably looked at the screen for this game for about twenty five minutes. This is a tough one. I think this is the biggest toss up of the weekend. You have it. You have Dallas. Where I think Dax had the worst year of his career. He's been he missed a bunch of games, and he still was up there for interceptions. Talk about we talked earlier about how teams blow at Minnesota. Dallas is the king of finding a way to lose the games, particularly in the playoffs. 
obviously it's been well chronicled how Tampa has really struggled, all of that. If I'm taking a one-game scenario, I have the Bucks in Tampa at home. I'm picking Tampa Bay in this game. And I know that seems like a homer pick. The Bucks have been bad this year. I understand that. But I think if they could have picked any matchup, you know, realistically, this would this is a pretty good matchup for them. Um, I just think you get down to a one-game scenario. Tom Brady's at home. They've had some momentum. Things have been better. You know, Dallas is kind of on the downtrend. That bad Jacksonville loss in overtime. It's just historically underachieving in the playoffs. For me, going against the GOAT in his potential last game, maybe a little hard over brain here, but give me Tampa Bay at home to advance. I don't think they're done yet. All right. All right, Kyle, what about you? Cam, I have to kind of agree with that. I also have to kind of agree with... uh been watching a lot of Steven and his first take, and the Cowboys seem to always blow it every time they make the playoffs. It doesn't okay. matter who they're playing. Um, they always choke. And the way this season's been going, at least the last few weeks for them, Dak has not been hot. Their offensive play calls have been atrocious all season long, especially clutch time. I'm picking the Buccaneers. I've definitely seen the last few weeks for that games, and there's a Big connection between Mike Evans and Tom Brady. They're starting to get back on the same page. Um, That's it. Things are going more right for them. I mean, look at the Cowboys last game. They were so frustrated and disappointed how they played. And they didn't look like a team. Like, I don't know what what they're doing as a team. Like, I don't know what's going on with Dallas. They can never seem to get anything put together. And I know their quarterbacks are very banged up. I mean, their front seven are still great but if you don't have corners Tom Brady's gonna pick that defense apart I'm sorry you have to have people who can cover you can have the best off defense and Tom's already shown us that he can pick that apart one two three um so I do think that this is the Bucks game to win even though they are home everyone thinks the Cowboys have the great powered offensive defense but their offense doesn't show me much unless they keep the ball in Tony Pollard and Zeke's hand that's the only way they don't have a chance of winning All right, so <clears throat> we've got a prop. <laughs> we've got a prop, baby. I'm gonna hang it up behind me Love somewhere. It. Here we go. Uh, it fell down. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Those of you on YouTube, that's a Tom Brady Buccaneer jersey uh, or T-shirt. Um, I'm with you guys, uh, and and here's why. To me. There, there are, there are ways, like I like Dallas. I think Dallas is explosive. I mean, they've dismantled teams. Like the what they did um, on Thanksgiving Day, uh, what they did, uh, what they did the Giants on Thanksgiving Day, what they did the Vikings, um, what they've been doing offensively all year is impressive. Tony Pollard, you know, helped me win a fantasy championship in one of my leagues. I mean, he, you know, C.D. Lamb, I think looks better. Um, you know, the Dak, I think, has come back well from that injury. Cooper Rush sort of saved their season. Um, 
But at the end of the day, this Buccaneer team reminds me a lot of the 2018 Patriots team that won the Super Bowl. Um, and they found an identity, right? Their identity is ISO Mike Evans and pick t- defenses apart. Their identity is use, um, use the running backs in the passing game against linebackers. Like, they have a quick strike offense now. Um, the way that Tom played in the gotta have it games against Carolina or, um, you know, he had a few comebacks this year that were just unbelievable, uh, including one against the Rams. I think there was another against the Saints on Christmas Day. Just what he did in the clutch this year, I don't think Tom has physically lost a step at all. I think. I agree. I think there was coaching, there was some bad execution on both sides of the ball early in the year that were giving the Buccaneers a lot of fits. But I think down the stretch, they found an identity. Not a lot of people believe in them. Uh, they're still playing at home tomorrow, or sorry, on Monday. And I just get this, I just get this sense that, you know, they have a little bit something to prove. Um, and Tom, with... Doubt on him is one of the most dangerous athletes in the history of sports. And I think the more that you doubt Tampa, the more they're likely to surprise you. What They're never out of a game. Last year, the Rams had him up 24 or something in the playoffs, almost lost. Um, you know, earlier this year, the Saints had him. The Cardinals, it was, no, it was the Cardinals, not the Saints. I'm losing track of Tom Brady comebacks this year. Um, the Saints and the Cardinals both had them up 10 late in the game. They were never out of that game. And if you combine that with what we know about Dallas, it's hard to say that if Dallas is up 10 with, you know, four or five minutes to go, or six or seven minutes to go for that matter, that they're out of it. Uh, I don't think Tampa's out of it. Um, the big thing for them will be getting off the field on third down defensively. Because their defense is gets tired fast. I've seen, I've watched a lot of Tampa Bay this year because, you know, living in New England, when the Patriots aren't on, the TV channels always give us the uh, Tampa games because they know a lot of us want to watch Tom Brady play. And... I've seen that defense get tired early, especially if the offense led by Brady sputters early. So I think the big key for Tampa is do not let your defense get tired out because Tony Pollard will run on you late in the game. And Zeke, you know, still has that in him a little bit at the end of the game. They will run on you if you're tired and they will close. That's one thing that Dallas can do that like Arizona couldn't do or um, or certainly the Saints couldn't do late in the year's run on you um, when when the game's close. So that's my one caveat is the Tampa defense has to you know, stay off the f- field uh, get or get off the field, I should say, on third down early in the game or else you know they could get worn down quick because they're not as athletic as they were two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They're a little bit older, right? A little bit more rundown. Yeah, a little banged up. 
So that's the one that's the one thing I'd caution with the Buccaneers. So out of this weekend, you know, let's just go through here. Cam had the Niners. We I had the Niners. Diesel had the Niners. Cam and I had the Jaguars. Diesel had the Chargers. We all had Bills. Uh, Diesel and I had Vikings. Cam had Giants. We all had the Bengals. And then we all had the Buccaneers. So after this weekend, how do you see the rest of the NFL playoffs shaping up? And who do you see in the Super Bowl, Cam? Well, I, I believe next week's going to be really fun. Um, looking ahead... I'll start AFC-wise. I think you'll have Kansas City take care of Jacksonville. Um, the, the real game is going to be Buffalo and Cincinnati. That's going to be a really fun game. A rematch, really, of mm-hmm. uh, obviously the DeMar Hamlin situation, that game. Um, I actually have Cincinnati. I have them getting by them. I have Kansas City returning to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But uh, I think the fun game will be Cincinnati and uh, Buffalo. On the NFC side, uh, I have San Francisco getting all the way there and going to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't trust I, – I think you'll eventually get Philly and San Fran in an NFC Championship game. Um, but I'm going with San Francisco. I think this, they're going to get over the hump. I really like their roster. I love their running game. So that's where I'm going, Will. All right. What about you, Diesel? I, I, I can see that happening. There's, there's a chance. I, I like that pick. What about you, Diesel? Man, Cam just took the same words right out of my mouth. Um, I <laughs> there do, you go. I do see basically the same, same scenario as what he just foretold. Um, I do see it's going to be a rematch with Casey versus the Bengals again. Um, I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last possession. But Joe Burrow has had the KC number. Um, so I can I definitely see the Bengals going past them. But I do think it's Casey's year this year. So I think Casey's going to take it home in the AFC and then the NFC I don't I don't see anyone stopping the Niners I mean I see the Eagles putting up a good fight but I just don't see with everyone getting healthy the offensive weapons they have the great defense they have I don't see anyone who has a chance in the NFC to take them down besides maybe the Eagles um but I see the San Fran versus basically Casey like Cam said playing each other for the Super Bowl yeah I'm I I'm looking through and trying to figure out who'd play who next weekend and my brain's on fire. So my brain hurts. Um, So I think what would happen, giving my picks, is that we get in the NFC, we get the Buccaneers at the Eagles next week. And then we get the Vikings at the Niners with my picks. Um, Mm -hmm. And in those games on the NFC side, I think it would take a lot for Tampa to go up to Philly and win. So I think I gotta go to the Eagles there. Yeah. And then I think it would take a lot. I mean, it would take a really good performance because I think the Eagles are. I think the Eagles are good. Not that I couldn't see an upset. I just think, you know, a road game there at that place is a little bit tough. <laughs> um, Vikings at Niners. I think I'll go San Francisco there too. Um, but. But not by not by a lot, and you know I think the Brock Purdy magic could run out fast, and so that's where I might disagree with you guys. Um, not I mean that would be insane if they went to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. 
how do you go back to Trey Lance next year? How do you not trade Trey Lance? You know what yeah, I mean? With Garoppolo. Yeah, what do you do with Garoppolo? You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying they, they, they have a plan. They're going to go with... They're going to Lance no matter what I think. I don't know. Like, if, just, you, if you win a Super started. Bowl... Do you think, let me tell it, let me just, hey, this is my, this is my segment over here. You get, you had your picks. If they win, if they win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, how do they turn around and give the keys to somebody who's played two NFL games? Explain that to me. Oh, I don't think they should, but I think they will. That, then that's crazy. So anyway, that is insane. I'm not saying that that's unlikely. I'm just saying that that would be stupid. Um, Agree. And so I think that's where I kind of see – I see Niners at Eagles in the NFC title game. I, I, you mean the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, I just think Jalen Hurts in that team, um, you know, is just playing with a ton of confidence. Um, they've really been the best team in the NFL all year. They have been incredibly consistent. I'm looking down at my notes here. Uh, so that's on the NFC side. Give me the Eagles in the Super Bowl. None of the AFC side, I'm thinking – We'd get a rematch of Bills and Bengals, and then we'd get the Chiefs and the Jags. So I think the Chiefs take care of the Jags uh, just because Arrowhead's a hard place to play. And then I think that neutral site Atlanta NFC AFC title game between the Bengals and Bills, I think the Bengals. Playing on the road in Buffalo in a divisional round sucks. It's a lot like last year when we got Chiefs and Bills in a divisional round because we had the stupid Titans as the number one seed. Um, I think that that's sort of a letdown, having them in the divisional round. Um, but I think this is where the Bengals really wish they were playing that game at home. So I think we get the NFC title game between the teams that everyone wants to see again, which is the Chiefs and Bills. That's like the new Hardo matchup for Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Um, Look at this, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable! Mahomes completed a pass to the sideline as he was about to get tackled. He threw the ball into the stands. We've never seen that before. Yeah. Jim, this is cool. <laughs> so, oh my God, can you believe this? They're playing football. So, yeah, we're going to – although we'd see that the week earlier, right? Imagine the Bengals and Bills, you know. Oh, my God, can you believe it, Jim? You know, it's like, I can't. I can't do it. Um, so I think we get that, and then I know I'm kind of dragging here. So I, I do think ultimately I think we get to see the Chiefs and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think we see the two best teams in each conference. And, you know, I think the Chiefs – as I've said all year long, playing with a little bit of fire under their ass. They are the new Patriots. We've seen them do things that were very Dynasty Patriot-like, right? Losing an AFC Championship game at home and then coming back and winning um, all year long the next week and getting a chance to host it again. Although technically they won't host it. It will be in Atlanta. Um it kind of it's funny because I think had the game been at Arrowhead, they would have set a new NFL record for the most consecutive conference title games played at the same venue because it would have been, I think, five years in a row now or four years in a row. But they don't 
get that because of obviously a bad situation that it's turned into this neutral site. Um, but either way, I think the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC still, given everything. Um, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That would be a really bad Super Bowl to, for rooting purposes. Like me trying to root for the Chiefs or the Eagles is like just so gross. So I think my heart is sort of pulling for like a... I think I'd probably go for the Eagles because I like Jalen Hurts. But I would like to see a Super Bowl... Super Bowl I want to see. I want to see like a Bengals-Vikings Super Bowl. Or I want to see like a... I want to see like a Bengals-Buccaneers Super Bowl. Or a, or a um, or a rematch between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers with Brady and Mahomes. Like that, that's what I would like to see. Um, I don't think we're going to see either one of those. Um, but that's, that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, do you guys have a Dark Horse Super Bowl MVP? It's like a non-quarterback Super Bowl MVP. Well, if my champion's going to be the Niners, which they are, if I'll, I'll even go a little... I'll go... Um, Give me, give me Debo Samuel for a fun dark horse pick. A chance to create some touchdowns, to get a lot of touches, have a lot of yards. That's an easy one because you, you don't think it'd be Purdy probably if they win. Yeah, there's so, no way he can be an MVP. Right, so that's actually a fun one. That's actually that's an easier one to do, right? Yeah. You know, I would say, I would say, you know, and obviously you can say McCaffrey, but I'll go Debo for fun. I could see a world where that happens. Kyle, what about you? I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with uh, Chris Jones for the Chiefs. Just he's, been on a, he's been on a havoc defensively the last few weeks, and I think it's going to continue through the playoffs. But I think he's going to be like Aaron Donald was last in the Super Bowl. I think he's just going to put up better stats the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. So for me, I'm picking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So my dark horse – if it can't, it would be Mahomes, right? Because the NFL like loves Pat Mahomes, and they, I mean he's awesome. So I'm not saying that's bad. I mean Tom Brady won a Super Bowl MVP when it clearly should have been James White, um, but I would probably say Travis Kelsey, because uh, you know Cam, you talked about a guy that's going to get a lot of touches, maybe a couple of touchdowns. I can see Travis Kelsey winning a Super Bowl MVP. That would pain me because I've always been Team Gronk over Kelsey in terms of who's been better over their career. Um, so that would suck to have Kelsey have that over Gronk. Um, Good point. Considering the Pats won a Super Bowl without Gronk and the Chiefs haven't won a Super Bowl without Kelsey. So you, and if he wins an MVP, you could argue, almost argue that uh, he's more valuable, but I don't want to talk about that because that makes me feel all <laughs> sick inside. Uh, but yeah, it would probably be Travis Kelsey, uh, just because you know talking about a guy that's going to go a lot of catches. I think Mahomes would feed him in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl, especially if it was against another high-powered offense like the Eagles have. But this has been fun for you guys. The first kickoff is in about seven hours. We'll have the first game between. The Seahawks and 49ers kick it off from the Golden Gate City or whatever they call that place now. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot to dissect this weekend. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to all our listeners. We'll be back probably after the whole football season to break it all down. 
but I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And there was our conversation about the NFL playoffs. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know they did. I know I did. Again, sorry for the poor audio quality and for the lack of a YouTube video. But I think at the end of the day, what really matters is that we all got to enjoy it together and that you, the listeners, did as well. So until next time, hope you all have a great rest of your week. Merry NFL playoff season. And I guess go Bucks, go Bengals. We'll see. Take care, everybody. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to check out some of our other programs on the Sportland USA Podcast Network, including Making Fire, a Survivor Podcast, Filling Up with Kyle Diesel, and the Deer Go Daily News. All these programs are produced independently under the Sportland USA Podcast Network, and the views expressed in them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.